We would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Preborn. When a mother meets her baby on an ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine connection. And the majority of the time, she will choose life. But she can't do it without our help. Preborn needs us, the pro-life community, to come alongside her. One ultrasound is just $28. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby or visit preborn.com. Jenna Ellis in the morning on American Family Radio. I love talking about the things of God because of truth and the biblical worldview. The U.S. Constitution obligates our government to preserve and protect the rights that our founders recognize come from God, our creator, not our government. I believe that scripture in the Bible is very clear that God is the one that raised up each of you and God has allowed us to be brought here to this specific moment in time. This is Jenna Ellis in the morning. Well, good morning and happy Friday. And this is always a great day of the week heading into the weekend. And uh, sometimes on Fridays, we get to kind of do an overview of the week prior and you know more of a 30,000 foot perspective. And so I'm very excited to have on uh, with us today, Alex McFarland. Of course, uh, listeners will know him as the co-host of Exploring the Word uh, right here on American Family Radio Network. And Alex and um, a number of our other uh, AFR uh, family have been at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention this week um, because I am uh, launching a new uh, TV show on the Salem News Channel. Um, I stayed, was was not able to attend NRB in Nashville this year. Um, that's really exciting. And so uh, you can find that at SalemNewsChannel.com. Uh, for those who have uh, listened to my Salem podcast side, the com, that will still uh, be up. We're just changing the format a little bit to make the that a uh, television uh, program and uh, news of the day and so forth. So that airs uh, live at 9 p.m. Eastern time from 9 to 10 on the Salem News Channel. And then it will be uh, posted immediately after on uh, all of my podcast channels. So I have stayed uh, to launch that show. But uh, Alex McFarland, you are at NRB. And um, how is that going? What are the the hot topics that are there? Because I know there's so much going on in the world of religious broadcasting. Well, well, Jenna, thanks. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me on. I have such respect for you as a thinker and as a communicator, and it's it's a privilege to be on with you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Nashville is a busy beehive, as hundreds of ministries are here. We've seen uh, some longtime colleagues like Eric Metaxas and uh, Todd Starnes and Lauren Green from Fox News and Dr. Robert Jeffers. And, um, Jenna, I spent uh, about an hour yesterday interviewing with George Barna, talking about some of the trends in the culture. But um, what's so exciting, I'm here with the American Family Radio Network, and of course uh, we were doing a lot of live radio yesterday from our broadcast suite, but they say, Jenna, this NRB is the most well-attended in 25 years, and uh, I've come here for 18 years since um, working with James Dobson and American Family Radio, and it's exciting to me, Jenna, because as, as you and I know, the culture is in a bad place right now. And our nation so desperately needs uh, uh, the Lord, and our nation so desperately needs to just recover a moral conscience. And so there's all these ministries here strategizing and, yeah, you know, working on broadcasting and things like that. But, Jenna, last night, as the day was winding down, 
all around lobbies in different places in the convention center. I saw groups of people praying. And, I mean, these are like radio and television executives and on-air personalities and different people, uh, publishers. But there's really kind of a spirit, I think, of, hey, we got to pray for our nation. And we, the church, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're a believer, um, we've individually and collectively, we've got to show the gospel to our nation. So it's a busy convention. It's a lot of work, a lot of walking, a lot of talking. But I think the Lord is moving in all these ministries like AFA. And um, frankly, very honored to be here. Yeah, well, that's that is a really exciting news that uh, this is the most well-attended NRB in 20 years, and I think you're absolutely right, uh, Alex, that the the attention and emphasis on the need for uh, faith-based broadcasting and ensuring that that Christian conservatives are not canceled on on the airwaves is very important, and um, especially when we look at cultural topics. I mean, this isn't just about what we teach in our churches. This isn't just about saying, well, we want to have um, First Amendment protected free exercise of religion within you know the four walls of our churches. We need to be able to take the biblical worldview and areas. And that's what I think um, Christian conservatives are very concerned that we are slowly seeing the erosion of that protected freedom in America. And I know uh, for Salem media, especially because um, since you know I work on that side as well, there's a huge yeah. concern about AM radio and, um, and, and potentially some of that being canceled, which would effectively negate a lot of the conservative voices. And so as you're looking at what people are paying attention to um, in terms of the cultural topics and uh, and Christian commentators, what seems to be uh, the biggest issues that people are talking about? Well, religious freedom, uh, Jenna. And uh, by the way, your your comments just are right on the money um, because, folks, what what's really really at stake here? I mean, there are a lot of things at stake, and most importantly, the souls of people. But also what's at stake, and I think the attendees here are very cognizant of this, is the right to religious expression. Um, Jenna, Thomas Jefferson said, truth can stand on its own. Error needs the support of government. (laughs) You know, Mm. and so, um, you know, call it woke, progressive, liberal, you know, deconstructionist, but uh, the the idea that the, the, the worldview of the left it can't stand on its own. So the the left has to resort to censorship and suppression of ideas with which they disagree. And so like to to um, bring AM radio under control and insert censorship into those airways, or whether it be the, the tech overlords that run Facebook and, you know, the social media platforms, because the truth is so powerful. And, and, you know, we, you and I both, we know people that maybe they spent years as an unbeliever or leaning left, and they just through reason and the Holy Spirit came to truth. Um, the, the bright light of truth has a certain resilience about it. Let, let me say this, um, Jenna, as, as you and I do this program, a, a story that's breaking in the news, is, and I'm sure you might have seen it, but there's an Indiana couple. 
they're Catholic and as such believe in morality like we do. But uh, their son was removed from their home because their son, who has an eating disorder and other um, mental health issues, um, apparently there's a public school, elementary school teacher that was coaching this young man to transition to be a girl. And the mother and dad uh, said, no, God made male and female, and you're a little boy. So anyway, social services removed this child from the home since December. And um, this couple uh, is uh, appealing to the Supreme Court. But uh, I, I don't know. Did you see this story, Jenna? And they can I only did. see their son two to three hours a week. And, yeah, and that I, this was is just uh, horrible. under supervision. Yeah. Yes. And, and so... I was with George Barna yesterday, hugely respected sociologist, pollster. Barna said, look, as our country is unraveling and the rights of parents and the rights of everybody are being undermined, if not taken away completely, uh, Barna said far too many of our pastors are preaching happy talk. That's, that was his term. And Jesus addressed government and moral and social and political issues and we have to as well. And, you know, we, we might not like the playing field on which we find ourselves, but um, timidity, fear, silence is really contributing to our bondage. Uh, lovingly, prayerfully, consistently, uh, bravely, all of us, if you, and I'm saying to everybody listening, if you love God and country, we must realize that while this is not the fight we would have chosen, it is the fight we've been given. And yeah. for our own freedoms and the freedoms of those that will follow us, we must defend this country and our God-given constitutionally protected rights. So well said, Alex McFarland. And, and you're right that uh, you know this may not be where we all individually thought we would be in terms of confronting uh, the cultural and civil government battles of the day. But um, I believe, as, as the opening to this show even says, I believe that God has brought each and every one of us um, here to this specific moment in time. When we were born, where we were born, um, all of our immutable characteristics that God has given to each one of us are not by accident. And um, it, for his sovereign purposes, um, you and I and so many of our listeners Listeners, um, every person who is a Christian, regardless of your actual vocation, a, a Christian and called to stand up for the truth in this day and age. And whatever the cultural battle is, we have to confront that with truth. And here in America, we have the blessings of liberty, and religious liberty is all about recognizing this truth that Christ is the head of the church, not the government. That should be all the clarification that government needs, but that essential truth, I think Alex has been largely forgotten and lopsided in favor of government edicts and ushered under, under these auspices of quote-unquote accepted science, like what you're talking about with this Indiana couple, that now their parental rights are being foreclosed because they won't go along with the biological heresy of of the age and the truth that Christ is the head of the church and the government is not the head of the church, I think has become further distorted in practical application because of the general emphasis on protections for exercising religion rather than also protections against compelled participation in conduct that violates our religion. Because the language of the Constitution provides 
that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, but it, it expressly includes prohibitions on government both for proscribing and prescribing religious exercise. What we're that the government is not just trying to silence or censor them, but they're actually trying to forcibly compel participation in activity and lifestyle that violates yes. the truth of the Word of God. Yeah, the government is engaging in proselytizing, isn't it? Yes. Well said. Yes. And, and so, but... Uh, the church, besides truth, besides the mandate and the sanctioning of our Lord Jesus, we have prayer and the Holy Spirit. Honestly, it's not even a fair fight if we, the remnant of believers, would engage. And uh, our citizenship is in heaven, to be sure, but our citizenship is in America. Jenna, I, I believe being an American is such a gift from God, honestly. And, uh, you know, I don't like waste. Uh <laughs> I was raised by Depression-era parents. You know, we, we didn't waste anything. And I want to appeal to everybody listening. Let's not waste our opportunity to be a witness, to be an influence, to vote. Let's not squander this little window of opportunity that God can work through us collectively to, the contribute, to contribute to the saving of our country. Uh, I, I really think if we just roll over and play dead and let America fall to the Marxists, the atheistic, God-hating Marxists. It, it, it is a, a tragedy of immeasurable magnitude. We, we must, for God's glory and for the sake of the Great Commission, save our nation. Amen to that. And yeah, this goes right into what my pastor uh, started this year preaching from Ephesians 5 that uh, that says, starting verse 8, for, once, for you were once darkness, but you are now light in the Lord. Live as children in the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything it exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. And this is what's important. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We have to make the most of every opportunity and not shy away from the cultural battles, the spiritual battles, and standing up at each and every opportunity to speak the truth. And we you, you may not have a platform uh, like Alex McFarland does or, or that I do, but you have the platform that God has given you. You have the influence that God has given you in your church, your family, and also the civil government. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We'll be right back with more with Alex McFarland here on Jenna Ellis in the Morning.
If you're like most of us, you're paying way too much for health care. That's why I want to tell you about a ministry that has been meeting the health care needs of hundreds of thousands of Christians, and that's Christian Healthcare Ministries, chministries.org. Christian Healthcare Ministries is cost sharing made easy. For over 40 years, this unique model has allowed believers to choose their own doctors without worrying about networks or waiting periods, since they are not insurance, but a faith-based alternative to insurance. Members not only get advantages from the affordability, flexibility, and reliability of CHM, but they also receive access to 24-7 telehealth services at no additional cost. It's no surprise that doctors across the country appreciate working with CHM, and so will you. It all starts with a visit to chministries.org slash AFR. That's chministries.org slash AFR. Christian Healthcare Ministries is the longest serving health share ministry serving all 50 states. Share the good news with a friend too. chministries.com slash AFR. Make the switch today with anytime enrollment. Speaking truth with love. This is Jenna Ellis in the morning. Welcome back, and I am speaking with our very dear friend uh, here at American Family Radio Network, Alex McFarland, who is the co-host of the show Exploring the Word here at AFR, and Alex is at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention this week, and uh, we're speaking about the issues that are so important to uh, Christians speaking truth on media platforms and ensuring that we are uh, not canceled, uh, that we are not silenced, that we are able to freely exercise our religion, including uh, taking that to the freedom of the press and being able to speak this publicly on any media forum, but also not to be forcibly compelled to speak anything that is against our sincerely held religious beliefs. And those are two sides of the same First Amendment protections and that uh, coin, if you will. And so um, you were mentioning Alex McFarland uh, in the earlier segment that you had an opportunity to speak with George Barna and going through some of the top uh, cultural issues of the day. I'm really curious what um, what those are and what um, what Christians are sensing are the biggest cultural issues today that we need to stand up and confront with the truth of the gospel of Christ. Oh, wow. Well, again, Jenna, thanks for having me on, and thank you for your courageous stand for truth, and you, you're you a, a, an incredible voice for uh, reason and truth, and you inspire a lot of people, myself included. Um, yeah, you know, George Barna is great. Um, he's has to be one of the most quoted people in American life. I mean, I've even on secular news shows, people will say, you know, the Barna Research Group says this or that. So very respected sociologist and and researcher and statistician, and um, it has been a friend for quite a number of years. Uh, and we were talking yesterday about biblical worldview. Now, let me just um, kind of cue this up, Jenna, and, and I want to get to what Barna believes, and I agree, is a very serious problem. Uh, and, and Jenna, um, I was a youth pastor for 11 years, and uh, my wife and I, did a lot of work with young people, and I've pastored two churches. So I, I really do feel like I know the American church landscape. And a, a pastor and church staff, you know, they wear a lot of hats. But fundamentally, primarily, the job description of, of Christian ministers is to evangelize and equip. You know, that's Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, that God gave pastors, teachers, and evangelists 
for equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Now, that being said, what Barna uh, talked at length about yesterday, and I believe he's right, you know, I've spoken in literally hundreds of American churches, so I believe he's right. Barna says, at best, at best, um, American senior pastors, um, maybe 30% have a, a consistently biblical worldview. Now, of like assistant pastors and support staff, it's somewhere around like maybe 17 to 18 or 19 percent have a biblical worldview. But among, and this is where it's really uh, potentially insidious, um, of children and youth pastors, 12 percent have a biblical worldview. Now, when we talk about a biblical worldview, it means to, to like look at life, salvation, life, morals, everything through the lens of Scripture. Now, a biblical worldview says, um, you know, what does God say about marriage? What does God say about education, economics, government, um, child-rearing, the, the, the run of the church? And so Barna says this in their, in their research, and um, I mean, I've, I've known George Barna probably 20 years um, since my days working for James Dobson, I've known of the Barner Research Group 30 years. Um, to say that they are meticulous and impeccable is an understatement. And here's my point. Barna says their research shows that kids raised under uh, semi-woke youth pastors and children's ministers are worse off spiritually than those kids with no church background whatsoever who might come to Christ in college or in young adulthood. And, and let, me, let me just say this, as a guy that's been around the block, um, a lot, not all, not all, but, but many youth pastors, uh, you know, in, in the quest to be hip and cool and be relevant, and, you know, it's youth ministry very often is much more fun and games than serious discipleship. And mm. you, you're not going to find youth pastors that that will really lay the cards on the table about LGBTQ issues from God's word, from from God's perspective. Certainly, youth pastors are not going to talk about civics and um, what does the Bible have to say about government and things like that. And so, a biblical worldview. And Jenna, let me just say this: I I, I was speaking this week um, at a major Christian university, speaking about biblical worldview, and it was great. But, you know, kids would come up to me, and the number one question kids would ask would be, like, you know, Mr. McFarland, how, how can I know God's will for my life? And that's an important question. But mm-hmm. secondarily, kids, college students were asking me, you know, Mr. McFarland, what, what, what is your opinion on transgenderism? Or what is your opinion on, you know, gay rights? And I would say, well, you know, honestly, Alex McFarland doesn't have an opinion, but I can tell you what the Word of God says. Yes. Because as a born-again believer, as a disciple, now, my, my opinion, my belief, my convictions are absolutely informed by Scripture. But I, as, I, I don't even have a right to an opinion, because when I became a Christian, I relinquish my agenda and I am to follow the, the Lord Jesus. Um, that's First Corinthians six nineteen and 20. Paul says that we are not our own. 
So when Barna and I are talking about the fact that they've interviewed hundreds of clergy, and clergy very often will respond in surveys and say, well, I know what I know what the church has always believed, but now it's, it's the 21st century. And so, Jenna, let, let me throw out two fallacies that Christians can sometimes lapse into, and one is reductionism and the other is presentism. Now, reductionism says, well, and this, this is what liberal commentaries say today. They'll say, well, yes, Paul preached against homosexuality, but see, that's nothing but Paul was a repressed, closeted gay man himself. That's heresy. But that's what some woke commentators think, and it's just lunacy. There's no historical or textual basis for that whatsoever. But then, and here's where so many people fall. I, I've, look, I've been on the road preaching and debated clergy at what is a fallacy called presentism, and we judge the past through our present lenses. And and I've had pastors say, well, bro, Brother Alex, I know what the Church has always said, but it's the 21st century. Well, okay, so it's the 21st century. Uh, that doesn't mean God has changed. That doesn't mean Scripture has changed. That doesn't mean truth has changed. So, Jenna, to your question, um, what what's going on is Barna is gravely concerned that our 100 million adult Christian parishioners are under clergy, that they themselves don't have a fully orbed foundation of what saith the Lord. And, and um, yeah, I don't want to be doom and gloom. Look, there's always hope. Um, Matthew sixteen eighteen, the dear Lord Jesus said, I will build my church, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But in every generation, we have to vigilantly and here's my point, folks. We have to vigilantly, as a church, make the decision that we will live under the authority of Scripture. And, and Jenna, I think there's a lot of joy in that. It's very liberating. Now, I, I want to say this. I've spent 30 years, I give God the glory, of travel the world, libraries, continents, interviewed hundreds of experts, personally visited 72 biblical sites in the Holy Land. Everything I've studied and 20 books that the, God, the Lord has allowed me to write validate what I'm about to say. You can trust the Bible. The Bible is the Word of God. The Bible is the infallible, everlasting, eternal Word of God. And so the Bible stands on its own. But we, the Church, in this generation, have got to make the decision, um, you know, Popular opinion uh, can be ignored. We will live under and joyfully proclaim the authority of Scripture. And that's my big concern. It's not that, oh, the liberal media is liberal. Sinners sin. Lost people are blind. My concern is that the people who claim to be the representatives of Christ, are we going to proclaim the words of Christ? and live under his authority. And we, our calling is not to placate people, but to lovingly tell them truth. So sorry to be so uh, you know, verbose here, but um, we're, we're a church that wants the gift of salvation very often without the responsibilities of discipleship. 
meaning living under the authority of God's Word. And I think, to a large degree, that's why the culture is where it is. I think everything you said, Alex, makes so much sense, and it is so tragic, frankly, for the American church. And this is why you mentioned earlier uh, Eric Metaxas is also there at NRB. This is why he wrote the book Letter to the American Church, and there's a new documentary uh, that is out. You can find that lettertotheamericanchurch.com. That is a documentary based on the book that is expressing exactly what you're saying, that it is the church's responsibility to stand up and confront the these lies of culture this is why we are called to rightly divide truth from error and one of the things as i was watching this documentary that um that that it impressed upon me to articulate it this way that so often we are calling on churches to teach truth and of course sound doctrine god is the same yesterday today and forever it doesn't matter the current heresies of the day it's god is and truth is always the same but we also need to call out and expose and confront the lies and the false doctrines and the heresies of the day and the fallacies in culture. Because if we're only speaking truth of God, then we're also not contrasting it by calling out and saying, but this is the lie of the culture. And this is why I think a lot of, especially young people, and you mentioned those statistics of college age students who who get off track it's like the the truth is just added into their worldview of lies rather than excising the lies out and rooting those out and saying look at what the culture is teaching here is why that is wrong it is false it is antithetical to truth it is a perversion of the truth we have to not just teach scripture but apply that truth to the cultural lies of the day. Otherwise, we're just taking Christianity as if it's an add-on. And it's almost like you would take a supplement, like a vitamin every day, and then just continue to go on and, and, and live your life. That is not what the Bible calls us to. That's not what the gospel of Christ is. is. It is transformative, and it must inform every single thing that we think and that we do and the way that we live our lives. It's not that we are just Christians when we are in our churches. It's that the church needs to be the light, that the the church needs to be the shining city on the hill. It's not government that's going to save us. It's the church and taking the truth of God and exposing the hidden works of darkness. And I love Eric Metaxas's uh, documentary that my church is going to be showing in a few weeks because we have to have the church stand up. And if we are not standing up, Alex, then who else is going to stand up for truth if, if the Christians won't because we're afraid of being ridiculed or being you know called funny names? We shouldn't care. We should only oh, yeah. care about what God says and stand firm only with the fear of the Lord, not the fear of man. Amen. And, you know, Letter to the American Church, the book is great. The documentary is great. Um, uh you know, I have the privilege of teaching uh, biblical worldview and political science at uh, Karis Bible College. And one of my students, um, a lady, it, wonderful, Barbara Reich, her daughter made that film, Letter to the American Church. By the way, everybody's seen the big sphere in Las Vegas. Um, Barbara Reich is one of my students, and her husband, John Reich, is a builder. He built the sphere in Las Vegas. But their daughter, um, I believe her name is Rebecca Tash, and we interviewed her on Exploring the Word a few weeks ago. But anyway, she's the filmmaker that made um, Eric's documentary. It's excellent. I've watched it. I've read the book. But 
Jenna, um, about three years ago, I, I was on a show with Eric Metaxas, and, you know, we were talking about the fact that in some ways the American Church of 2021 and two is in some ways analogous to the Christian Church in Germany during the rise of Hitler. Little by little by little, incrementally, um, Hitler was rising and uh, more and more showing his colors of his anti-Semitism and the final solution. And, you know, ultimately, millions of um, Jews and non-Jews were killed. And uh, people look back and they'll say, you know, with indignation, well, where was the church? My goodness, you know, human rights and moral truth. And the church uh, was silent. And Eric and I were talking, and then he, he's written this incredible book that, you know, I think elucidates this, that uh, the American church, pastors, Christians, countrymen, uh, look, we love people. We love everybody. But when it comes to the, the delusion and the lunacy and the heresy to say that truth is relative, gender is fluid, uh, you know, sodomy is okay in the eyes of God, sins that for 2,000 years uh, the Bible condemned and the Church preached against, and Christ died and gave His life to save us from, to suddenly say that we, the Church of the 21st century, we have the right to declassify the Word of God? No. We, we have to say, no, uh, uh, in the name of God, this is wrong and this stops now. And, and I want to say this, we Christians have recourse in a, a representative republic that we can vote. Now, I know elections get stolen and uh, duplicity takes place, but look, we still have to pray, stay informed, influence others, get up early on a rainy morning and wait in line and go vote. And uh, we can't be like the church in Germany, and that's why Eric's book and documentary is, is very important. Uh, but I, I want to say this, Jenna, that um, the, the founders talked about the animated contest of freedom. And Benjamin Franklin said, everybody loves the fruits of freedom, but few are willing to tend the tree that bears the fruits. And I'm going to be speaking to a young person, a, a grown-ups, maybe senior adults, I realize that all this this lofty stuff you and I are talking about, you know, being godly, fulfilling their great commission, saving a nation, influencing those around me, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying it's right. And to everybody listening, Jenna, I want to say this. Folks, on Scripture, on the testimony of faithful folk that have preceded us, I promise you, I promise you, when you face the Lord one day and you enter the presence of Christ, all that you've done for God and country, all that you've sacrificed, all you've got out of your comfort zone, but you will know it was so worth it. And I'm, I'm preaching to myself, Jenna. I'm challenge, challenging all of us to let's live for the Lord. Let's pray for our country. Let's be equipped. Let's educate ourselves. Let's influence others. And when we face the Lord one day, we will know that we did all we could do for the cause of the gospel, for the sake of truth, for the souls of our neighbor, and for the saving of the United States of America, that we did what we could do. The ultimate outcome is in the hands of God, but we have our daily obligations 
and our responsibility, and we we dare not fail. Amen. And you're preaching to me as well, uh, Alex McFarlane, because that is exactly what motivates me each and every day to get up and to, even in the midst of discouragement or disappointment or any number of things, trials and tribulations that go on, I have to get up and say, what does the Lord want of me today? And as long as I am faithful to what he has called of me, I can't can't do everything. Obviously, I don't have all of the power that I wish that I did. But as long as I am faithful to proclaiming the truth of the gospel of Christ and standing up and speaking and doing the things that he has called for me today, that's as much as I can do. And that is what motivates me because we have to continue to be faithful to the one who was faithful to us first. And we'll be right back with more here on Jenna Ellis in the morning with my special guest today, Alex McFarland, co-host of Exploring the Word here on AFR. Last year, because of you, Preborn's network of clinics saw over 58,000 babies saved. Thank you to all who made this possible. Let's celebrate these precious babies. Daisy and her husband decided they never wanted kids. When she found out she was pregnant, she immediately thought abortion. But after she and her husband met her baby on an ultrasound and heard the heartbeat, their hearts melted and they chose life. Her baby Jeffrey is healthy and beautiful. Daisy and her husband can't even imagine life without him. Each of these babies are truly miraculous, and every day, Preborn celebrates 200 miracles. $28 a month can be the difference between the life and the death of a child. When a mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine connection that doubles the baby's chance at life. Let's join together and help mothers choose life. Just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby or visit preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Speaking truth with love. This is Jenna Ellis in the morning. Welcome back, and I'm speaking with Alex McFarland, who is the co-host of Exploring the Word here on American Family Radio Network, and he has been at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention this whole week, and we are speaking about standing firm in the midst of cultural lies and oppression and trials and discouragement and everything else, and engaging in truth and in promoting the truth of the gospel of Christ. And Alex, in the last segment, um, you were just so beautifully and truthfully saying why Christians need to be engaged in civil government, because I think there is such a disconnect between apologetics in terms of the truth of the gospel of Christ and what we learn in churches versus the apologetic of taking truth and applying it to civics, to philosophy, to every single subject matter that we confront as human beings made in the image of God, we have to take the truth of God and apply that outside of our homes and outside of our churches as well into civil society or the definition of politics I like to use is truth in community. And if politics Mm. is acting legitimately and government is exercising its power legitimately, it will promote truth in community. And I think that's one huge aspect that so many Christians and especially pastors fall short of because they think that engaging in politics is is somehow antithetical to their calling as a Christian. And I just think that's so misplaced. Uh, I, I agree. I agree. You know, um, I've got a very dear friend, a world-renowned scholar, brilliant guy, Dr. Gary Habermas, um, Ph.D. from Michigan State, 
he's in the process right now of releasing a four-volume set, each volume 800 pages, more than 3,000 pages of ancient evidence for the life of Christ and the resurrection. Habermas is, um, to say that he is a scholar among scholars is an understatement, but here's my point. He talks much about the fact that one of the unique things about the gospel is the idea of the coming kingdom of God. Now, religion, and there are 24,000 religions in the world, and religion boils down to do's and don'ts. You know, do this, don't do that, try to do a lot of meritorious activity, and maybe you'll uh, ingratiate yourself to, you know, God or whatever. But Christianity is different. Now, everybody knows this. The Lord Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We put our faith in Christ because he paid our sin debt on Calvary's cross. But Janet, even beyond that, Habermas talks about the fact that Jesus talked about the kingdom of God. Um, dozens of times in the Gospels, Jesus says, the kingdom of God is among you. And what the founders of America, like, you know, John Winthrop and Roger Williams, the founder of uh, Rhode Island, they, they believed, and, and I agree, that the emergence of America, that, you know, it wasn't a monarchy, it wasn't an oligarchy, it is certainly not a democracy. It is a Judeo-Christian representative republic. And they believed that the, the founding of America was a key um, part in the coming kingdom of Christ, uh, a city wherein righteousness dwells. And so I think this is a, a part of the gospel and the biblical worldview that we don't often hear about. Now, in Matthew 11, verse 12, um, is, I want to make sure I handle this correctly, but the, the passage, Jesus said this, the kingdom has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. That's how the um, English translation renders it. Now, obviously, as Christians, we are not to be violent. We are not insurrectionists. We are not to be, you know, abrasive or, you know, lawless. If anybody makes model lawful citizens, it's the people of God. Here's the thing. The kingdom of Christ is coming in. Now, the kingdom of Christ has suffered violence because Satan has opposed it. And even right now, Satan, the father of lies, is trying to persecute, marginalize, silence the church squelch the light. <clears throat> but um, the what it says is that is um, those of us that are Christians are to be proactive. We're to be energized. We're to be active and vocal and fight back the darkness. Now, not with evil or violence or immorality, obviously. The weapons of our warfare are spiritual, not carnal. But what we are to do, we must realize that we're in a battle. And, I mean, the surest way to lose a battle is to not realize you're in a battle. And um, to every pastor, every Christian, let me say that, um, yes, the gospel is that I believe in Jesus and I'm forgiven. But the full story includes that now, as a born-again believer, I'm conscripted into the army of Jesus. And as such, um, you know, we need to dust off the hymnal and again sing that song, Onward Christian Soldiers, marching as to war.
with the cross of Jesus going on before. And Jenna, I just I feel like that um, half the story is not the whole story. And when when you know the church just tells the culture, oh, believe in Jesus, and you know everything from now on is just milk and cookies. Uh, well, believing in Jesus is wonderful, and life with the Savior is joyful. But the whole story is you are now um, a a soldier in the battle for truth. Yeah? And and yeah. so the kingdom of God that, that is coming in, and Satan is not going to allow the evangelization, evangelization of the world without a fight um, and a miracle. My goodness, for two centuries plus, we have been the primary driver of the Great Commission. And, you know, I want the economy to be good. I want Christians to be affluent. Why? So that we can support the spread of the gospel worldwide. Uh, Jenna, when, whenever I'm in developing nations, I go to third world countries, and, and there are wells and schools and hospitals and churches. Um, it's never, I, I've yet to be in a third world country and I find a well that was placed there by people united for the separation of church and state or the ACLU or American Atheists. Everywhere I go around the world, it's always Compassion International, Samaritan's Purse, World Help, World Vision, Baptist Men on Mission. Why is uh, the the benevolent work worldwide, it's always put there by Christians and 90% of the time American Christians. And so that's just one more reason that we want our country to thrive and succeed so that we can continue, as we have done for two centuries, uh, be used by God to help build the kingdom of God, and therein see souls saved. So there's a lot going on. There's more more to the dynamics of this world than I think a lot of Christians realize. And um, I don't mean to be so heavy and doom and gloom. I'm not. I'm just saying uh, we... But this is actually That's encouraging, I think. Yeah, and and I think this yeah. is actually encouraging to people, Alex McFarland, that we need to look at what we are doing day to day as an impact on eternity and and saving um, souls and to participate in the finished work of Christ by being missionaries where we are called in our neighborhoods and our communities in in our world. Um, this isn't just about going on a you know two week missions trip and then you come back and you live your life. Um, this is about understanding that we are called to the missional work of being a Christian every day, um, every moment, taking advantage of every opportunity. And I want to expound on um, two points that you made. First, that we are a Judeo-Christian republic, a constitutional republic. Amen. And for those who say, well, no, you know, we, we the, the laws have to be amoral in terms of, you know, it's just the collective society where social contract theory, all of that. Well, no. Why are we a Judeo-Christian society? Because our founders recognized in the declaration, that worldview statement, that truth is self-evident. And part of that truth is that our rights come from God, our creator, not the government. They are pre-political. And what God are they talking about? The God of the Bible, the Judeo-Christian Christian Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Our entire system of government is predicated on understanding natural rights that are pre-political. And so there is no right to something that is unnatural, like homosexual marriage, like um, abortion. That's a medical intervention designed to cause the death of a child. Nothing is, or, or gender reassignment surgery. None of that is natural. It's not a right. It doesn't come from God. We have a Judeo-Christian heritage that our law is designed. And so when we as Christians, yes, we should not be lawless. To your second point, Alex, we are supposed to be model citizens respecting legitimate government. And when government then asks us or attempts to forcibly compel us, like they did in the instance of John MacArthur, for example, what did he do? He didn't go in and cause an insurrection or, you know, take up arms and, you know, be, be some kind of rebellious person. He stood firm and he claimed the protections of a Judeo-Christian founding that are embedded and enumerated in the First Amendment and the Free Exercise Clause to say, it's you, Gavin Newsom and L.A. County, that are actually being rebellious, trying to exercise illegitimate authority. We're appealing to a higher authority. That's what our founders did. They weren't rebellious. They appealed to a higher authority. And ultimately, our highest authority is God himself. He is the divine moral lawgiver. And that's why Christians, if we are obeying a civil government that is legitimate, it will be in conformance with the truth of the gospel of Christ. And I think so many people miss that the blessings of liberty here in America are because our civil government is commanded and only has power to be in furtherance of the objective truth that that allow us to exercise natural rights that are pre-political. This isn't just a social contract. This isn't just a, a heritage that we can reinvent or continue to, to be progressive. Yes, we are supposed to continue toward a moral and upright society in a more perfect union, but how to be more perfect? Well, much like our our Christian faith, we need to have um, we need to continue to be perfected until the day of Christ to continue to conform more and more in our exercise of our freedoms in our lives and also in our law and civil government conformed more and more to the truth of God. So Alex, this is why I love talking with you because worldview matters so much. It matters that Christians understand this. It matters that we exercise this in our civil government. So thank you so much for being on today. You can always reach me and my team, Jenna at AFR.net. My special guest, Alex McFarland, have a wonderful weekend and promote the truth of the gospel of Christ. I want to thank my sponsors, Preborn and Christian Healthcare Ministries. Preborn Network Clinics have rescued over 200,000 babies from abortion, and every day they save 200 babies' lives. But they can't do it without our help. Will you head over to preborn.com slash AFR and sponsor an ultrasound? Christian Healthcare Ministries is the longest-serving health cost-sharing ministry, helping Christians pay for and pray for one another's medical bills. Make the switch today and start saving. Visit chministries.org slash AFR. That's chministries.org slash AFR.